episode 334 of after the whistle presented by seneca buffalo creek casino nothing else comes close hope everybody enjoyed part one of side notes a seneca sponsored segment we talked about mark stone speaking of seneca and sportsbook you and thomas didn't care to ask me who i thought was going to win this year by the way, Jeremy Rona coming on very soon. Very excited to have him back. Hear what the summer of JR was all about. So I'm going down to Seneca, Buffalo Creek, and I'm going to hit up the kiosk, and I'm throwing a hundred bucks on the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup this year. Ooh, it's too early for that. Too early for that. Well, I thought last year was their year. And I think they are a better team this year. I think Bertuzzi's better than Bunting. I think Domi's more valuable and probably younger than Ryan O'Reilly and has more spunk to offer. I like what they've done on defense. They picked up an offensive defenseman. And I've always liked that Samsonoff in net. So I'm going to go and put a Benji on the Leafs. Now, if there is an option for the Sabres, to make the playoff bet. I think I'm going to go through a Benji on that too. Do you think the, the Toronto Maple Leafs defense is, is strong enough to, uh, to be a Stanley cup, uh, Stanley cup winner. Remember what they did last year at the deadline? E yes. Well, they went out and they loaded up. They got all their, they got a bunch of defensemen and it didn't work. They got them to the second round. <laughs> But I do think... Well, they got... I will say this again, and I hope people... I, I think I think the people that are realists will understand that Toronto Maple Leafs had no business winning the first round against Tampa Bay. Okay? Tampa Bay faltered in some areas in that series, but they dominated the series. Dominated the entire series and lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs who hadn't made the playoffs in seven years. And now everybody's, you know, ordering the rings because they made, uh, made it by one playoff one. I am not a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they have some super high end talent, but I do not believe that they have what it takes to win a Stanley cup. You know, I just looked at their D I know they got Klingberg. Okay, but big deal. I think I'm I th big I deal. Think I'm going to Klinberg was I a great defenseman years my, ago. I think I might have to retract my my wager here. How do you come on here and throw that garbage out like Toronto Maple Leafs are are going to win the Stanley Cup? Take a look. Their goaltending is solid. Their goaltending is solid. It's not great. Okay, the defense. Go is, Jake, look at their is, is Jake Muzzin done? Yes. I think he I think he's I think he's done. I think it's unfortunately great career. I was a big fan of uh, Jake Muzzin. He's played a long time. Did he win two Stanley Cups in LA or just just one? It's good it's good uh it's something to look you know, into like but he might have won two but I'm not sure. Great player though. I really like the way he played the game, um, but it it seems it seems like uh, his time in the league is over. 
just because of the injuries that have that have compounded over the years with him and uh that's unfortunate but it it happens it happens to the best that being said i'm i'm certainly not going to jump on the bandwagon there with uh with uh, Toronto i just can't do it maybe that was a little quick to say you just want to throw that out there. You thought you all night if about I'm, it. You thought if all night gonna, about it too, right? If I'm going to throw anything out there. You know, it's just going to be a big pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you definitely threw a big steamy pile of shit on that one because uh, I, I think I think the Maple Leafs are are a very talented hockey game. They're going to score a lot of goals because they have some super high end talent. But I just do not believe that they have what it takes. To win a Stanley Cup with what okay. they have. Every single um, Stanley Cup winner in the last number of years has had a stacked, strong, big defense core. And when I think of the Maple Leafs, it's not that. Okay. I find... I find that they're that they have an aged defense core that is not elite by any stretch of the imagination. So I think they're going to struggle with uh, the back end. That's just my opinion. All right. Um, I will just say this though, with the Sabre season starting next week, bills are rolling. No one's worried about the bills anymore. There are more expectations on this Sabres team than I think I realized from the outside. There are people that ask me all the time, what do you think? This is the year they're going to get in. They're going to get in. They're going to get in. I'm just kind of looking at them like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to, it's not going to be easy. We're not getting into that right now. Jeremy's ready, but I'm just saying, I'm going to put the bet on them that they are going to make the playoffs. So you're betting that they're going to make the playoffs. They yes. better make the playoffs. Enough's enough. 12 right. years this organization has not made the playoffs. How many years? But have that's they not sucked? that's not this team's fault, this group's fault. You got to look at the reset button. It's only been a few oh years. Oh my yet. god. So, if I hear another reset listen. bullshit, now all of a sudden we're talking about all these young prospects. We got the greatest team ever. They're oh, we're dealing with, you know, how to deal with the pressure. Holy shit. Just go win some games. I don't care about what you're saying. Just go win games. Okay. You have well, pressure now. Well, we can talk you more about this. You have pressure now. We'll talk more about this. For sure, we'll talk more about this. We'll see, though. Have you ever been hurt in a car crash and need a personal injury attorney? If so, you know who to call. Our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. Five, five. Welcome to uh, 2023 season. Holy smoke, is it crazy? What time is it there? It's six o'clock, same time it is every time we do the show. I like, fuck, like, who gets up at fucking like 5 30 or whatever time you're I, getting up? I get up at 5 30 every day. I get up, I go get coffee for, for Tracy and I. We have uh, some time in, in, in bed and chat and talk, and then she goes to work, and then I go to work. It's great. 
or go play golf or do whatever I'm doing in the day. Well, speaking of work, sounds like what the time no do you filter. go to bed at night? Just shut let the me fuck. hear that. Rib, would you just what, shut what, the fuck? What, what time I go to bed? I go to yeah. bed at I I go to bed at nine every night. Nine o'clock every night. What bullshit? Mm -hmm. Bullshit at nine o'clock. Yep. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm unless I'm traveling and I'm entertaining something. Yeah. So you're starting the the no filter pod. Yeah, no filter starts tonight. Yeah, no filter starts tonight. Uh, Myself and uh, Tim Peel, uh, which will be a really cool dynamic, right? So it's having a referee, which we all know we'd love to see and have questions asked of referees like what the fuck are they thinking all the time and now i got a guy that that uh we can literally i can go right to and and have a different perspective so that's gonna be fun no filter is really blowing up and you know i own part of that network and so now i can be on with you boys in the morning we can uh, push my no filter and we can entertain a whole whole slew of people all, all so tell us tell us how the no filter works now i think last time we spoke about it fans can can like be involved in the conversation is that is that how yes. it works yeah so it's um obviously it's it's a live it's a live stream and so you can go on nofilter.net you can click on the show if you actually, and then you can just watch the show live. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show or you want to come on and ask a question live, all you have to do is sign in. There's a button that says sign in with your email. And then you press what do we call the knock button. And the knock button puts you into a queue where I can go on and literally press on the queue and bring you onto the show. So it'll be me, Tim, uh, in one in one box. And then the, the guest will be in a box by himself and be able to have a conversation, give his two cents and be part of the show, which is really cool. And I have the ability to bring them in when I want, send them out when I want. And it's a really cool dynamic to have a live, you know, live um, interaction with fans to see their perspective because it brings in a whole new set of, of conversation. So that's a, that's a, one of the, one of the great things that no filter um, provides for people. And JR, uh, I, one of the things I love <laughs> I've loved that the NHL or the NFL has done is now in the last few years, they have the referee on, on commentary, like the, yes. the like a jeans Startori or territory <clears throat> yep. yep. or whatever his name is. The well, ref. they did an NHL during the playoffs too. They had Coho on, you know, with TNT. Oh, you know, that's, I that's think right. Yeah. I think it's a great, it, it is a really good um, aspect. The only thing that I really, I get, sometimes I get concerned of is that those referees that come on still are going to be biased towards, you know, what the league wants to say, what the league wants in, 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 in snipes and stripes with me and Peelzy, there's going to be no, um, Oh, I, I'm, I'm worried about what the referee officials are going are to think, or the, you know, the union or the league is going to think Peelzy is going to just tell it like it is. And, and from a referee's perspective. So we'll get some really cool things from uh from that that side of that side of the game. You know what's amazing? He got fucked. Major. He got Major. screwed big time. And they yeah. used him as a scapegoat. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in the show this evening of uh, what happened to him and how how bad of a of a of a screw job that Tim Peel got from the league. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so excited. So I appreciate you guys, um, you know, using, uh, 
this awesome, awesome show to uh, promote hopefully another awesome show. Um, I will say I traveling the summer, um, you know, I've had a handful of people talk about you guys in Buffalo and the show and say they love the show. So it's obviously you guys are reaching a lot of people and I'm sure a lot of people are happy it's starting up again. Well, we reposted your post about uh, your uh, no filter show and a lot of people were asking if you were going to be back on this year. So I, at least, uh, at least people are curious. So good to have you back, man. We're, we're really happy oh, to have you back. Let's, for another let's, 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 let's have another great year. I mean, this, this is, this is, it's really good for me because obviously you guys give me a lot of really good things to stick in my mind. And sometimes you guys put me in my place and sometimes it's, it's an, it's a really good, um, it's a good stepping stone. So, um, I love, I love you. I love doing this show every Wednesday morning, boys. I wouldn't go anywhere. Well, we appreciate that. And did you, I guess, let's just get right into that uh, text message that I sent you guys the other day. So Craig, let me just pull this up here. Do you remember I said to you, wait till you yeah, hear Yeah, of course. It? Yep. Yep. What, I've been, I've been wait, waiting on pins and needles to hear what Riv has to say. So he said, um, well, do the question first. Do the question first, so just to make sure everybody knows what we're where we're going here. Well, we were talking about Connor Bedard over <laughs> under points. I said we talked about Bedard today. What's your over under for Bedard on points? You said seventy five, and then immediately yeah, then I... immediately said low. I know, but I hope for one hundred. Let's do eighty two point per game. I go wait until you hear Rivs. All right, Riv, give it to me. You, I think I said, uh, around 55. Did I say, <laughs> I can't even remember. I think we kind of agreed around 60. Cause I couldn't. No, no, no. You said the... 60. I said 67, you said 60, you said 60 to 65. And I said 55 to 60. Wow. Wow. All right. So listen, I, I'm, I'm not as blown away on the low side is that as I would have, if he went over a hundred, I would have been definitely blown away if it went over a hundred. Um, and, and I don't, I, I'm not blown away, Petey. I, I'm not, I, I, I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned about his size. I'm very concerned on the length of the season. I'm very concerned of the, of the pressure that's on this kid. And I'm also very concerned about the, the teammates, uh, his line mates that he's going to have. Uh, obviously, he's going to have every opportunity on the power play. He's going to dominate the power play. But um, who's 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 going to be the guy that's going to put the puck in the net for him when he gives him great passes? Who's going to give him the passes to give him the opportunities to score these goals? Uh, obviously, we've seen what he's been doing in preseason, but a lot of it he's doing himself. Um, when he gets in the regular season, he's going to be playing against different players. Preseason is a different animal. He's playing against other young kids that are trying to make their teams and kids he's been playing against. But come the season, he's going to be watched. He's going to be playing against the, the other team's top defensive um, core. It's going to be a totally different situation. And I, I, I don't, I don't see you guys being very far off on the sixty. But okay. Um, so, but but here here's the thing. I don't care how many points he gets. To be honest with you, um, because I think we saw what Jack Hughes went through when he came into the league. We saw. Uh, Patrick Kane had 72 points as a rookie. I mean, um, Nate McKinnon might've been in the sixties or fifties. And so, I mean, a lot of these young kids have come in like McDavid's an exception, Crosby, Ovechkin, those guys are exception. Matthews, 
scoring 40 is an exception as a as a rookie. Yeah, but PD, yeah, but PD, you got to you got to remember Bedard's coming in with just as much hype as as, ah. as McDavid did. Ah, this is where I'm going, JR. Thank you for leading me there. Because your other your little buddy over here in the other box and this is his exact quote, okay? I don't see Connor Bedard as being a generational talent. Ooh. Not even close. Ooh. Not even close. And, and what's the reason for that, Riv? Because of his size? Um <clears throat> I mean he broke broke pretty much every record in the, We got to stop. The we Western have to st- we just have to say, stop. Say that you, again. We have to universally stop saying size as a detriment because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it does. I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you there, PD. Oh, you're on crack cocaine, man. Yeah, I think I. I, I, I watched know. the USHL. I watched the USHL game uh, two weekends ago when we were in Pittsburgh. Kids are huge. Kids mm-hmm. are huge. Now there are some five nine kids skating around the ice, and some five ten kids. But the majority of the kids that are having success are like six one, six two. There was a defenseman that was six nine, and he could skate. He could move. We talked about this two weeks ago, Petey. In the NHL, they are they are big, strong men. Now, yeah, you get the uh, you get the odd kid that's five ten, just like uh, Connor Bedard. Yeah, he's an outstanding hockey player, and he's blown away. Everybody off the chart. He's blown away junior hockey, the world juniors. And I'm not saying he is not an elite talent, but an elite talent and a generational talent are two completely different things. What's what, what separates them? Hey, want to win big with your team? Bet on all your favorite sports, games, and fights, including pro football, pro hockey, college sports, boxing, and much more. Check out the Sports Lounge at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. I'm going to name three guys, and this is in the last 30 years, JR. There's three generational talents that have come out of this league since 1990. First one is Eric Lindros. He was a generational talent in the sense that he was six foot four, six five, two 245 pounds, and he exploded onto the scenes in yeah, every we're, sense. We're all familiar with the Lindro story. Who's then two and 10 three? years later, 10 years later, you have a kid named Sidney Crosby from Halifax, Nova Scotia, explodes onto the scene. And he is unlike, I or sorry, I side-noted, that Ovechkin and Crosby are generational talents. Yeah. Then I fast forward 10 more years. Every 10 years, there's a generational talent. I fast forward and now you have Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is a generational talent. I'm not talking Austin Matthews. I'm not talking Steve Stankos, John Tavares. I'm not talking those players that are, that have had insanely good careers. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a generational talent. The hype machine to go along with the presence in which they played their time in the NHL. 
Okay. So you, but you still haven't, but, but you still haven't answered the question. When we were going into into the draft with McDavid, McDavid was considered a generational player. When it, when we when they were going into the draft with Connor with uh, Sidney Crosby yep. with Eric Lindros, they were considered generational players for a yes. reason. So so you 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 talked about every ten years and what they've done when they're in the game, but you haven't explained to us why you don't consider him a generational player at the draft like everybody else is considering him. Because we haven't seen a talent like him since Connor McDavid come into the draft. Yes. So what, what separates it? So what separates it? Well, I think time's going to tell if he becomes a generational talent. I think Sidney Crosby, for his time in the league, and and Alex Ovechkin have done things that I would consider special. No, you're not answering the question. So what? what... Why is Connor McDavid considered a generational player before he started the league and Connor Bedard not considered a generational player before he started the league at the same We've at only the same been talking point. about this kid since he was 12. Well, I mean no. he broke he broke he broke all the junior records. I mean he broke he broke McDavid's records. I mean yeah, he did, selling out stadiums. They had to move first, games in the WHL first of all, last year. First of all, so, we, I didn't say that Sidney Crosby back in the day was a generational talent. I think he's somewhat played himself into earning that that um, notion. I think ten years later, and all the first overall picks of of those of that time, none of them lived up to the same expectation of what Sidney Crosby did. And then you look at Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, you could say a generational talent because he's a very talented hockey player, but you don't get generational talent until you actually go through a number of years to say, holy shit, this guy gets a hundred points every single year and he's breaking barriers and there's no stopping him. That's a generational talent. And he's earned that now. I wouldn't give Connor McDavid a generational talent when he was drafted. And it was like the one and two combo okay. between okay. Uh, Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid. Yeah. And they were both like, I just, so, I just think, I just, I just think you, when you when you throw that phrase out there, like you have to dissect it a little bit. A generational player, right? A generational player will be able to play at the high level through many different seasons, many different types of NHL levels, types of games at any point of 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 a generation. You can play. He can play in the '80s. He can play in the '90s. He can play in the 2000s. He'll be able to play in the 2040s because of the way that he plays. The only thing that I that I say is I don't know whether Connor Bedard will be able to play a certain game because of the size that he has. The generational players that you were talking about, Eric Lindros was six six, six seven. You know, Sidney Crosby is six six, six one. You had Ovechkin is a beast at two thirty five, six you know, six one. And you have Connor uh, Connor McDavid who's six one, you know, six two and can fly. All these guys have size and speed and talent the one thing that Connor Bedard does not have is the size now will that will that hamper him that remains to be seen so maybe that's the difference of maybe not the generational player because he doesn't have the stature that yeah. you would expect i don't and, know and ha- so fun. so like when you like he has he has elite elite abilities at the age of 18 hockey iq wise he's got a real he's got a he's got an elite shot already Okay, he's got an elite shot in the league already, and he's got an elite hockey IQ. Um, 
I'm not sure about his body size and how that's going to translate into the league. I'm not sure about um, his speed. I think he's a good skater. I don't think he's. I don't think he's elite when he's it comes Connor to McDavid. skating. He's not. He's not well, he, it, no, no, no. He's not Connor McDavid. That's for damn sure. And no one's. He's Connor not even. McDavid. He's not. But he's, he's not, not even close to. He's not even close not, to. He might be a not, very average skater. He's not close to his winger, Athanasio. Athanasio will blow him off the off the ice. There's a lot of guys. There is a tremendous amount of guys in this in this game right now that are better skaters than Connor Bedard. And I'm not taking anything away from him. I want everybody to understand. I think he he is he has proven that at every single level that he has gone to, he has dominated. I am not willing yet to give him a generational talent card. I'll give Those him a generational coming. talent card uh, going into the draft. I'll tell you what I don't like at all is if you watch all these you know, TSN's doing, they have all their analysts doing these top 50 players in the league. People are putting Connor Bedard in the top 50 players in the league already. He's not even in the fucking league yet. Yeah. How can, totally. you, how can you say he's a top 50 player in the NHL? Because, because, because those people drink the, drink the, the NHL Kool-Aid. They drink the NHL Kool-Aid. They say what they they say what they're supposed to say, because they got to yeah. plug you know NHL's got to plug up their their the top guys. So these guys are saying, oh yeah, they're kind of an oh he's yeah. top fifty already, he's a top ten already, top ten, he's one of the best ever, he's one of the best ever, but he hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah, I mean it's just already... so stupid. So it's going to be he one, could re- thing... he, I feel like he could retire today, and in three years he'd be in the Hall of Fame. So <laughs> what I will I will tell you this. What's so let's let let's take a, a really good example of of good players, smart players, and the difference in the size. Look at Tage Thompson for perfect example. Okay, Tage Thompson is a beast of a man, can skate, he's got good hands. Where did, where does where does Tage do really, really well? Where 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 do you see him being so effective in the house? Size, right? Getting in, getting in front of the net, getting be, being able to get to those high traffic areas, and being able to survive in those high traffic well, areas. Being able to be of, so big and stick handle in those areas too, which is correct. Incredible. Plus, plus take the beating there, right? Take the beating there. Connor Bedard is not most of his points and goals. I'm I'm pretty confident to say are not going to be in the crease area. They're not going to be right around the crease. They're going to be shots from outside. They're going to be nice plays. They're going to be off the rush, but not not in the heavy scrums of the places where you get hurt. That's hard to play at. Um, you know, Keith Kachuk made a made a made a living off of being in there. These guys that that score lots of goals are guys that can that can score in the house, and I think that's going to hurt. I think that's yeah. going to hurt Connor a little bit. You know, listen, I he's. It, it, we're making it sound like we're we're trying to bring this young man down, and I'm not. I I think he's I think he's a special hockey player. I think we're you're talking about there. giving him a status man- over thirty man- years. Hold on, Petey. Over thirty years, we're talking about giving him a status. There's only three players that I would give that status to. Only three in all the thousands and thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of players. Would you agree with those three guys that I give a generational talent? Uh-huh. To? 
100%. Right? 100%. And and I'm not taking away from uh you know Dreisaitl and um you know Matthews, Steve Matthews, or Matthews, Matthews or or McKinnon, McKinnon, McKinnon or like there's so many unbelievable players but there's there there's something about Sidney Crosby Eric Lindros yeah. to me in my mind playing against Change again. him Change again. Uh, he's 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 just something that he changed the course of this yeah. league and he's he was a player that we've never seen a guy six foot four, two hundred and forty five pounds. Yeah, Mario play like him, you know. Mario, oh, well, no, he, Mario, Mario was yeah. Mario was even more skilled, like on a different level. But Eric Lindros could also fight back yeah. in the late nineties. He could and fight yeah. literally the toughest guys in the NHL, which is yeah, who yeah. does that, yeah, right? It's tough. Well, I, I don't think we're trying to build Conor McBedard down. I think what we're trying to do is not not have as high expectations as some of these other people that are running around on radio and NHL, NHL radio. Listen, they might be right. NHL, you know, they could be, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. I know, I know, I know you're not. I'm saying that to myself. Like at least least let's, at least let's give the kid a chance to grow and let's give this kid a, a chance to, you know, you know, see the game and, and grow into the game. Like you said earlier, PD, you made great examples with, you know, with, um, you know, with Jack and with, you know, with everybody else that's been drafted one and two um, that had to feel, feel their way through the game, you know, just, I mean, it's just so easy to just give these titles away. I understand where Craig's coming from. I I also just want to balance expectations so that this kid has an opportunity to step into the league. And I mean, Jack Hughes, I shit on. He has only one place to go and that's down. Yeah. yeah. And that's not good for, that's that's not good for a kid who's 18 years old. Wow, what a what a great what a great comment! Like, what a great comment! And what how unfair is that to give to this kid? It's you know it's a great statement by you, Riv. Holy oh, shit! Look at the team that he's on. He's on the friggin' biggest shitball team in the league. They're in a major major transition. Yes, mm-hmm. they've got their unicorn. They picked their unicorn in the draft. Well, given should have been picking or, third. Or, or, or was given the unicorn. Or given the unicorn. Whatever. It's great for the league, man. It's the greatest it's thing great. since sliced bread. It, it, holy, you're exactly right. It's who's so he good. playing with? Oh my god, they got Taylor Hall. No. Well, he's Taylor Hall been playing with stunk that. for 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 a while now. He's not a number one first line left winger or right winger or whatever he's playing. He's a good hockey player, but Taylor Hall, ah, uh, I don't know. No, it's okay. He's not a playmaker. He's not a playmaker. He's not nope. a playmaker. No, nope. KJR. Athens C is not a playmaker. He, he's he's going to struggle a little bit. There's no question. It's okay. After What's this that? whole, after this whole discussion, what's your point total for him now? Before we change subjects, I still think he's. I th- I still think he's going to have a, a, a close to a point a game. I I really do. You know, his power play points are going to be, going to be massive. That's so. That's how where many he's going to? That's where he's going to. Power play points. Do you think he'll have? I think he'll have 50, 50 power play points. It's a lot. I know. That's where he's going to drive. You, you sit there he, and that, you've got, uh, like, you got Seth Jones, who, nah, I, he's not anywhere near my top guys that are running a power play. That's just me. He's the guy on the top, top of the box. You look at the guys that are on, you're going to have Taylor Hall, eh. Radish, Anastasio, or I mean, that's like a D level power play. 
Yeah, but he's 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 going to thrive on it. That that's 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 the difference between the talent players is when they when they have more space like that. And that's that's where he'll thrive. He'll, he'll get anywhere, I think I think he'll get anywhere between forty and fifty power play points. Yeah. What's average for like what would Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, what what would they have in the league? Power play what would they have for power play points? Would Petey, what did they have last year for power play points? Can you pull that up real quick on your... I will pull that up for you guys. What did you have for power play points? Fuck, you were a 100-point guy. Well, I remember I had 25 power play goals in one year. One year? Yeah. One year. How many many assists did you have? Probably 35, 35, 40, 35. Just on the power play? Fuck, yeah, hundred. I mean, my my power play was Steve Larmer, Michelle Goulet, Chris Chelios. I mean, we had we had a we had a hell of a power play unit when I was scoring a hundred hundred points and fifty goals. So I've got Connor McDavid here, a hundred and fifty three points last year. He scored sixty four goals. He had 21 goals on the power play. And he had 50 assists on the power play. So the best player in the game had 71 points. Now he might not maybe be the greatest guy to look at. Like, no, (laughs) you know, I'm let's give me another name. That is just a like a, a great well, player in the league because I want to try and figure out what is the uh, Connor McDavid was a really bad example because he had seventy one points. Go in to the power Eli- play. Elias Pettersson. Okay, so Played Elias Pettersson last year, and he had a hundred points. Wow, what a quiet hundred points! Yeah, right. I think a few probably of those. One of the, probably, probably one of the quietest hundred points. I've okay, ever, I've so ever I got him right here. Thirty-nine <laughs> goals. Elias Pettersson from Vancouver. He had thirty-nine goals last year. A hundred and two points. Insane, insane year. He had six goals on the power play. Wow. And nineteen power play assists. Wow. That's wow. He had 25 points in the power That's, play last year. Wow. It's the guy that had 102 That's, points. Wow. And he's he's a he's five years in the NHL. There's two so there's two that, things that, there. That's he, an amazing that's an amazing that is an amazing stat to be that good even strength. Or that means he's oh. just getting a shit ton of phantom assists. <laughs> that could be true. You don't get phantom assists in the NHL. Right? At home at home you do. Go check his home points. I bet you he's got like Bet she's got like eighty points at home. No, I'm I'm saying you like you don't get phantom assists in the NHL anymore. It's just it's you either get the assists or you don't, right, Jr. Uh, pretty, they're they're pretty accurate these days. I mean, back in the back in the nineties, you know, all we had to do is fucking tell the referee I touched it, and you're getting you're getting assist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that yeah. touched my that touched that touched my skate. That touched my skate. Oh, and you had to be so subtle about it too. Just skate by. Uh, the, or you go, uh, or you go like everybody's yelling out their name. Anybody who had the assist on, who had the second assist on that? 52, 52. Or, or you go into the locker room and you tell your, 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 um, you know, your, the, the guy who works in the, for your team, you know, the, hey, t- 
go go up and tell them I touched that puck. You yeah. know, your stats guy, your, your video guy. Hey, I touched that puck. Go change it. And then all of JR, a sudden, they 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 all of a sudden they announce it at the start of the next yeah, period. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. The guy who had the assist realizes. Please add. Play. Please add. Uh, we always me and Keith Kachuk and and Rick Tockett and all that stuff. We used to laugh at each other all the time because we we uh, we would be on the bench and it would come on. Please add an assist on the. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. though? Hey, hold on. I have a really oh. cool story about that. But hold, can you hold that for one second, Petey? I want to end my end of my uh, the discussion on Connor off? Bedard. I got an idea. Why don't you hold off? Let me tell my story. How about that? Well, because you fucking go squirrel, and then all of a sudden, fifteen minutes later, like, hey, what are we talking about? I barely I talked. I barely <laughs> talked today, and that's why the show's been so great. So let me make my point. Last thing about Connor Bedard, you're saying that he's looking at forty to fifty points in the power play. So the last player I pulled up, obviously one of the best power plays in the league. He's a guy that puts up a ton of points, scores a ton of goals, playmaker. He had 85 points last year in 74 games. This is Austin Matthews. So it gives you an understanding of what his power play points look like. He had 13 power play goals, 15 power play assists. So 28 points on the power play for one of the best offenses in the game and one of the best, most skilled players in the game. So when you look at Connor Bedard, I just don't think that he's going to be looking at a 75 or a point of game season because he's going to be playing against the very best of of these players in the game. Like we're watching, Oh, look at the highlight of Connor Bedard going around some defenseman on Detroit. Yeah. That guy's going to be in the East coast hockey league. Yeah, and he didn't bury it though. Settle down, Mark Stone. Holy fuck, Mark! You're an asshole, Riv. Yeah, I am an asshole. What a dickhead thing to say right there. We just talked about this yesterday. Yep. But it might be a dickhead, but it's probably true. Absolutely is true. Let me tell you something. I will be impressed when Connor Bedard (laughs) goes and dangles, you know, Rasmus Dahlin or Matias Samuelson or Owen Power here in Buffalo. I'm going to be impressed when he's playing against the other team's top defense cores on every on every single night. And you know they're going to play when him I'm hard. Be impressed. You know they're going to play him hard because they don't want to get lit up by the Golden Boy. Absolutely. Sure. So let me Absolutely. just tell this quick story first. Okay. Uh, you guys will appreciate this, Jr. I know you will because <laughs> Jury's an American guy. And he was an awesome captain. I had, I think it might have even been my, maybe my first NHL assist. I was stretched out at the far blue line. Defenseman fires it down the ice. I just kind of tip it at the blue line so it goes into the corner. And then I change. I was at the end of a shift. On comes Drury and Kotalik and for the other two guys. And I'm going to change. And I don't know who's coming on. Maybe Jokin, maybe Greerzy. I don't know. I tip it at the blue line, goes down into the corner. Kodalik rips down the ice. It's against Washington. Picks it up. I think throws it to Drury. Drury scores. But he didn't pick it up until he got behind the net. So the play was so delayed and behind that the ref, there was only one assist, and it was to Kodalik. So Drury slides down the bench, and he's like, hey, did you touch that at the blue line? And I 100% touched it because that's the play is like you just soft touch it or just let it deflect off your stick and kind of die in the corner. Executed perfectly, by the way. That's that's early 2000s breakout. Yeah, fire it down the ice. 100%. This is 2005, man. (laughs) 2006, maybe. 
So he tell he slides down. He's like, "Hey, did you touch that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I touched that. I definitely touched it." He goes, "I thought so. I thought so." So he tells the ref, and then all of a sudden, like, correction please on assist. please add an assist to number seventy six, Andrew Peters. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, "Fuck! I hope my teammates don't think that I I added my name." Because Drury kind of slid down quiet and he's like, "Hey, did you touch that?" Yeah. Like, yeah. So he went and told the ref for me. But That's awesome. anyway. That's, yeah, that's 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 typical Chris Jury. Because yeah. you know why he knows how important that one point is to me, and it's sure. not for a contract; it's just for morale. That's that. That's you know, right. it's that's better. You know, it's better than a than assist that you actually skate up the ice, drive wide, feed a pass across to a guy who like boom puts it under the bar. You know, you want to know an assist that's better than that one? Yeah, the one you don't think you're gonna get. The one that fucking no, the, the you have you you're not even part of the play. It you're in your zone. There's a shot that's taken. It hits your stick. Vinny Dolphus picks it up, skates all the way down the ice, backhand sauce to Martin Rosinski, and you bury it. That is the assist that you're sitting on the bench giggling over. And you know, and you know what also is good, and you're so right, Riv, but also a great assist is doing what you're supposed to be doing at the time you're supposed to be doing it doing what you're like you have a system like rib just said our play was throw it from behind the net i'm stretched i'm where i'm supposed to be i get a, my piece of the puck i do what i'm supposed to do when we score a goal right it's it's drawn up for a reason and they do it for a reason and and you scored a goal because you did what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it that's 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 the beauty of, yeah, of, yeah. of oh, what points, a, what a nice right? what a nice feeling i can only imagine what that feels like my three assists in the nhl are all fucking dog shit <laughs> but Second, they all count assists. man they, they all fourth, count they are no one fourth. cares if you were to actually make the play they yeah. are fourth line yeah. style oh, assists. Okay. hey listen listen <laughs> nobody nobody nope in a in the box scores nobody sees how it was, how it happened. It just see your name, baby. They no, just but they know. Name. They know that when your name's a second name, that it might have just been an easy chip off the boards. You know what I mean? It's like it's like <laughs> golf. It's like golf. How many times you played golf and had the fucking ugliest par of all time? You had to come out of the trees. You make an unbelievable play. It's fucking math, not art, man. It's math, not art. I got something here, but Let's hear you it. know, like, listen. I mean, I really seem to be taking over your position as running this podcast. And sometimes it's you, a it's a new year. Petey's usually on. He's usually very good, but right now you can tell that he uh, needs a little bit of help and I'm here to support him. I want to go over Jr. with you and, and Petey. Petey, I'm going to ask you the questions. I like this. I You're like always that. at you because Petey, yeah. listen, listen to this one. So we have Thomas Vanek on yesterday and uh, Andrew, Andrew gets Andy. all upset because we're like, we're asking about, well, who do you think is going to, is the favorite to win this? No, I'm Cup? asking and all I, the questions they're Petey, answering and I, Petey, I don't get Petey. any throwbacks. Like, what do you think? It's just, it's all them. Okay. Go ahead. So we wake oh, up this morning before we get me. on the computer with you, Jr. Petey's like, why didn't you guys ask me? Why does my point really count? Oh, it wasn't all before. The, I so said now, it. I said it in our open. We had an open yeah. before Jr. and I said, you know, I didn't like yesterday okay. how you and Thomas Listen, just didn't, don't. While ask I me ask me. the questions, Petey, <laughs> wipe your tears away. I'm going to ask you some questions today, and uh, we'll I'd see like where this too. see where this goes. First question I have a little little bit of a rapid fire. Tell me what your thoughts are with uh, the uh, Anaheim Ducks signing Trevor Zegras, young super stud, 
in the category of all those guys that have signed long-term deals, the seven and eight year deals, but the, the Anaheim ducks sticking to their guns and only signing Trevor Zegras to a three year deal worth 5.75 a year because they want him to improve his defense. Go ahead, JR. I already answered this yesterday. Craig doesn't realize that. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a unbelievable, brilliant, brilliantly executed um, signing by Anaheim. They probably, probably saved a couple million uh, on that by using a very, uh, a very tactical method of going after part of his game that they might think is, is off. I mean, obviously their team has not benefited from his offense because they keep losing. There's one of the worst teams in the league and then continue to be the worst teams. Um, and, but I, I'm surprised that Zegris and, and his, and his agent didn't, you know, didn't stick harder for more money, seeing the attention and the type of player that he is. However, um, it's who, who it's, it's Verbeek, right? Verbeek's the, yep. the GM yep. for, um, I, I think the brilliant move by, by Pat Verbeek. Are they brilliant playing move. the double-edged sword though? You know, what happens Big in time. three years of Trevor Zegris explodes? hundred percent. You know, he could be making 10, $11 million. But, is, but the yeah, cap but we, goes up, yeah, but, but the listen, cap goes always, up too. But, but we always sit here and complain about eight year deals yep. at, you know, seven, eight million dollars. And finally we have a GM that says, okay, listen, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit more responsible in terms of fiscally responsible, but that could come up and bite him. It could bite him in the ass. Well, I also um, feel but, like shorter contracts are becoming more of a trend among stars. Thanks to American born Austin Matthews. Hey, listen, I would much rather, I would much rather sign a, a shorter deal, less money and let the kid prove himself. And if he wants to leave, he leaves. But if I sign this kid, to an eight-year deal, and he doesn't improve, and he actually plateaus and goes. Now I'm stuck for four years at eight million dollars, and it's going to crush my. Well, five five more years, Jr. You're stuck if he signs an eight-year deal. You're stuck at five more years of a yeah. guy who is not continue to grow his game. There, for them, not because here's the thing: he plays but in the. But we're not even we're not even giving Zegris a little bit of credit by saying, "Okay, I'll sign it. I'll show you what I can do, and let him go do it." Because that's that's pretty ballsy of this kid too. Because um, yeah, a lot of other I, people I, I just sit that. out. A lot of people just sit out. Good for. Can good you for sit Zegris. out this? Can you sit out this day and age with uh, social media and the the stance on how much money these players are making? I mean, can you hold out nowadays? Well, can you can you can you make it an argument that Trevor Zegers is worth seven and a half million? No, I can't. I can. I can too. You know, I, I mean, it, it it's hard not to be able to kind of say that Trevor Zegers can make, you know, seven and a half million on an eight year deal. Well, you have Dylan Cousins who had sixty eight <clears throat> points who signed a uh, a seven seven year deal, seven million dollars. There's a number of players that we've talked about that are all kind of in the same category as Trevor Zegras, and they all signed for uh, eight million dollars and more. 
on eight year deals. The money is there for the young players. You're a lot of these teams are signing on projection and what they're going to be like in two years from now. And hopefully it's going to benefit the team in year four, five, six, seven, and eight. Right. Anaheim's going a different route. They obviously do not like the way he is playing defense. And guess what? In the game of hockey, yes, there is offense and there is defense. And I don't care how great you are at offense. If if you're the best offensive player in the league and you won't play defense, you're still not going to win a lot of games, right? You need who's, a player. Who's, to... who's 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 a perfect example of what you're saying right now? Ovi. Exactly. Exactly. Ovi, Ovi's team did not win a Stanley Cup until Ovi decided he wanted to be a two-way player. 100%. I mean, he went from minus 35 to a plus player in one year. And it, it's it's not because he would, he became a better defensive player. It's because he decided he wanted to play defense. Well, he, so was, he was asked to play defense. He was asked by, and yeah. I can't remember who it was, um, it was, uh, it was Barry uh, Trotz. Barry Trotz, yeah. Was it Barry Trotz, yeah. Who uh, said it was hey, even before that? Uh, Dale Hunter was there. Dale Hunter, I think, benched him against the Rangers in the playoffs. That's right. That's right. That's why. That, that's why Dale Hunter got fired. <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah. So at least, at least Barry Trotz got to Ovechkin and and convinced him to play a two, a, at least a, a one and three quarters style of game. I mean, you know, that's all right. That's JR, than what he was doing. Moving on. Give me the team in the national hockey league going into this season that has the most pressure. Toronto Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers. Those two teams without question. Why? There's not even, there's, there's not even a close. And, and I will even go one more further and I'll say Montreal Canadians. Because oh. they've been so they've been so bad, and that. Well, is what like about Buffalo Sabers? Mecca. They haven't made the playoffs in twelve years. Yeah, but it's still it's still not. It's or not. is it just there's no expectations for Buffalo, so the the pressure is not, not in the league. Not not in the league. They got a whole Toronto, Edmonton, Montreal have all countries have the whole country that are kind of looking at these guys. Toronto and 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 Edmonton have you know, top players, big, big, big top players that have been expected to do things that haven't. Buffalo hasn't been expected to be a Stanley Cup winner. I mean, not, not even the, the people question whether they're going to make the playoffs. I, I, I personally think that they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. I think they can do, but I said the same thing last year. And then they go on a great streak. And then the next thing you know, they fucking, they, they blow a tire and, take their heads out of it. And the goaltending scares me a little bit in Buffalo. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I like a couple a lot of guys of, they brought on, but I don't know. Emphasis, a lot of emphasis on that. Devin Levi, man, you know, kid fresh out of college, six games in the league. Yeah. And it's just kind of yeah. like everyone is putting their eggs in this basket. And I am, I'm nervous more well, for the kid with that kind of pressure than I am, you know, having him need to meet the expectations that are unrealistic to begin with. Well, who's putting the pressure? Is it do you do you think Devin Levi and what you've heard of him and watched him that 
is the pressure from himself no, or I is think he going to feel the, the team, pressure from the I think the, the team is putting him in a tough situation, to be honest with you. It's sink or swim this year, not career-wise. But I think the team's putting him in a bad spot. Well, they have no choice. They have no choice. They don't have. Well, they, they do. They can send him to the minors and protect him a little bit and roll with UPL and Comrie. But instead, you know, like they're already, they were selling Levi. They have. I've never seen or heard of a kid ever come out of college and then all of a sudden jerseys are being made and flying off the shelves. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard as a goaltender. There's no question. Next one, next one, JR. We talked about the team that has the most pressure. Want you to try and think throughout the league. Is there a player going into this season that has an extreme amount of pressure on him to perform? Um, Austin Matthews. I mean, again, I have to go to Toronto because, because of money. Uh, big time because of money. You know how many people are sitting there thinking this guy has not gotten past the second round, and he's making thirteen and a half million dollars, and he's the one that they look at that not scoring in the playoffs. Although he gave the team a hometown discount, so that's good. <laughs> it's it's just it's. <laughs> I have an interesting it's, one for your it's, answer. It's, right? it's, 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 it's mind boggling to me to just to hear that, just to hear that comment. Um, there's nobody, I don't think there's anybody in the league with the exception of Connor McDavid that has more pressure on them than Austin Matthews. Again, two teams that people expect have expected to win a cup already, but Austin Matthews has not produced fuck all in the playoffs. So I'm going to say know, Alex Ovechkin. No, Alex Ovechkin's got zero pressure. Zero. You don't think he zero has pressure? pressure. Uh, no. Nah. Trying to stay nah. healthy. How many, how many goals does he have left? He's got 70, on, like 70, 70 goals. I think 74, 73. How many is he? I think he's, he's, he's at like, like, eight, he's at like 820, isn't he? So then he needs 74 goals. He needs 294 to tie him. I think there is pressure on Alex Ovechkin to get this done. This is something that's bigger than his by team, by, unfortunately. By, 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 by everybody who watches this game, he is going to break a record There's that no will pressure. never be broken if, by any other player. Yeah, down. I know, but that's but again, if he doesn't break the record. The people aren't going to be aren't going to say say sh- shit. Alex Ovechkin's career is one of the best of all time, and he's going to go down as as you know one of the best the best scorers in the history of the game. He, whether he gets Gretz's record or not, and yeah, it's great to break records, but I don't think there's pressure. I don't think people are are sitting there hoping and praying that he breaks Gretz's record. I don't think they're the doing league that. is. The league is. The league wants this. I think yeah, I you're. Think so. I think you're going to see something that's historic, Jr. I think you're going to see something in our generation. We are going to watch a player beat a record that I don't think anybody would have ever in a million years thought would have been broken. Like mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky scored how many goals? What was the highest goal total in the one year? Ninety-two. Eighty-four. Ninety-two. Ninety-two. 
Like that is messed up, man. Alex Ovechkin <laughs> has never come close to that. But you know what he's been? He's been consistently scoring 50 goals over the course of his entire career. He's 37 years old and he's still scoring almost 50. That's mind blowing. It is. It is. But again, I have, I, I have I, I one think, guy. I think, I, I, I think Alex, he's, he doesn't feel any pressure. I think he's just happy go lucky. He's going to go out there and play his game and he's going to score goals and he's not going to, He'll just play till he's going to play till he gets the record. He knows he's going to get the record. I don't think he has any pressure. I think he knows he's going to get the record because he's going to play until he gets it. There's no pressure. The guy's a scoring machine. The guy steps on the ice, he scores goals. He's not going to just stop scoring goals. I mean, his age is definitely something, but if he plays three like more stop. years. I'd like him to stop scoring goals. I hope he just fucking falls off the planet and goes to like nine goals a year and can't figure it out, can't find a stick to use, and Gretzky's record is intact. <laughs> of course you do, Petey. <laughs> I, have, uh, I, have one, uh, I have one for you guys. You guys can agree with this or not. I think, you know, you said Austin Matthews. I think it's he has a ton of pressure this year. I think Connor McDavid has pressure this year. I think Petey hit it on the head. I do believe Alex Ovechkin feels pressure because he's going to break something that is just mind-blowing for most but there's one player that is making a tremendous amount of money he has faltered massively on his new team and all fingers are pointing at this guy going what the hell just happened he was second in the league in scoring at 115 points and then it went to 55 the next year after he signed his big deal jonathan huberto making $10.5 million in, in Col- uh, Cal- uh, Calgary has an extreme amount of pressure on him to perform this year. I think that's a good one. It's a very good one. It's a very good one. However, if you if you take a poll across across the hockey world and you tell them to, 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 tell, to tell your top 10 players, Huberto is not in there. Why why is that though? I mean, we're talking about a ten and a half million dollar player, a guy two years ago that was second in the you know league why? in scoring you know with 115. You know is it just no because one gives a shit about him? It's because he played in a in a very small market, or at least not a hockey market in Florida for, for many years. So he didn't get any kind of publicity in, in the hockey world because he was in Florida. And then he went to Calgary and absolutely shit the bed in Calgary. So nobody talked about him there. So he can he can score all the points he wants in Florida, but he's not going to get the press like he would if he was in Canada or in New York or Chicago. So that being said, yeah, he has pressure within his city of Calgary, but I don't think anybody gives a fuck about Jonathan Huberto anywhere else outside of Calgary. Whereas Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, he's got pressure all over Canada. And people in the States know who these guys are. They expect these guys to, to win cups. There's not one person in the States that's saying, oh, Jonathan Huberto, um, it's, it's, we know, we understand it, but there's not what, I, I can tell you there's so many people in the States that are hockey fans that don't even, that never even heard of Jonathan Huberto. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But it's I've a great, two, for us, I've, for us, I've it's got, a great, it's a great point because he has huge pressure. And you know who else has huge pressure in Calgary? 
those fucking Swedes, those fucking Swedes who complained and got their coach fired and complained that Daryl Sutter was too hard on them and they didn't like playing for him. So they fired the guy who won the coach of the year, the year before those Swedes that play in Calgary better buck up and have big seasons now that they got a new coach like they wanted to. And I don't know if you guys even understand that dynamic, but Daryl Sutter was fired for a reason. And it's because certain players on that team made sure of it. So that's why I'm saying those guys, you get a coach fired and you have Jonathan Huberdeau, who's probably one of those players who is now in a situation where he's got to buck up. He's got to have a big season. You can put Nazem Kadri on the same level as Huberdeau. Yep. Right. He had a huge, huge year, won the Stanley cup, 85 points of Colorado. And he, he was brutal last year. So, you know, okay. Um, two more questions for you guys. Yari Slavkoski, first overall pick, man child, kid six foot four, 230 pounds, stunk to high hell last year in Montreal, just did not pan out the way I think they're all thinking. 39 games he played last year, four goals and 10 points, minus 13. Does this kid turn it around? And what do you think the point totals for this young man's going to be this year? Defenseman, right? He's the forward. That does it. <laughs> exactly. Don't even know. Yari Slavkowski, number one overall pick last year to the Montreal Canadiens. Well, I think for this for the scouting staff of Montreal, they better hope he has a better year. You know, I mean, they they passed up on a pretty unbelievable player who probably should be in the league. Also, who, right Logan now. Cooley? Logan, no. Um, well, Logan Cooley too. This kid is this kid is sick. What he's doing yeah. right now in, in Phoenix is unbelievable. No, the kids in in, in uh, Seattle. Shane Wright. Yeah. Yeah. I think both Cooley and Wright are probably going to be better players than than the other kid. But Montreal has Montreal has pressure all the way through their lineup, all the way through their lineup. They have too many big big time fans and have underperformed majorly. And that yeah. kid's that, that kid's got a lot of pressure on him for sure, just because he's a number one pick. He doesn't want to be a bust. Yep. What I, mean, I don't know nothing Craig? about him. Last I one I have for him. you guys: Does Toronto have enough? Max Domi, Bertuzzi, Ryan Reeves, Jake McCabe, Klinberg. These guys were brought in um, to the team. Domi, Bertuzzi, Reeves adds an element. McCabe, they add an element of physicality, a little bit of snarl. Um, we've, We've seen all the talent and all the dynamic play from those offensive guys. But Toronto has gone out and and put an identity to this team physically. Do you think they have enough to get over the hump of just getting by the first round of the playoffs? What do you think, Petey? Toronto? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I think they could win the cup. I talked about it this morning before we opened with you, JR. We, We had just a quick talk to kind of set the table, and I said... Yesterday, when Thomas and Craig didn't let me comment, I actually think that the Leafs are a legitimate cup contender. But they have been. So what's different this year? 
They got past the first round. Um, so they got maybe, one monkey off their back. Yep. Yep. And so this, a lot, a lot, a lot of people ask me. Is, they've added is a Reeves... little more sandpaper in areas like, like I think Bertuzzi's an upgrade from Bunting. I think Domi's an upgrade from O'Reilly from the standpoint of energy. Maybe O'Reilly's a smarter player, but I think Domi brings, and especially in Toronto, a Domi in Toronto guy's going to be playing lights yeah, out. Big. Okay. It's big. Well, Clint listen, Verbs, Domi played. Domi, Domi and I played. Love, I Domi love the Ryan Reeves pickup. Yeah. Domi was okay. great in Dallas. Domi led Chicago Blackhawks in scoring last year. Yeah. He's, and he got, I, and he only I, played 60 games there. So why does he keep bouncing think, around then? Because he, again, he's small. He's a perimeter player. He's a perimeter player, even though he's got grit. You watch him. He's a perimeter player. And he has to decide. He has to this when, when he decides he wants to get gritty and go into those high traffic areas. He's successful, which he did in Dallas. He did that in Dallas. He he, he decided he wanted to become a, 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 a interior player, and he, and he was effective. Um, what does interior does, player mean? What does an interior that, player that, mean? Playing playing within within the dots. Okay, within the faceoff circles. Okay. okay, that's that's an interior player. That's in where the puck goes the most. That's where you score your goals. When you play outside the dots, you're a perimeter player, which means you're more of a feeder of the puck. You're more of a of a of a playmaker. You're more of a guy who doesn't get you know physically involved. And those are the guys that usually are the 60, 50 pointers. Yeah, you know the the guys that go into the interior are the guys that really prosper. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the difference. And I do agree with you, Petey. I I like the Ryan Reeves aspect because it adds a a, a, a I think a accountability in the locker room. I think it also has uh, allows the guys to feel a little bit uh, more bold on the ice, knowing that there's Reeves kind of policing around. Hey, there might not be uh, fighting I'm, like I used to fight in this league, but there are doesn't matter. There are still players that can intimidate because you can still drop the gloves. Yep. There is still fighting in hockey. And as long as Ryan Reeves is on the bench, I believe he can play a solid five to 10 minute shift every single night. I think he's aggressive on the four check. I think he's a smarter hockey player than people give him credit for. And he's always down low, creating havoc in the offensive zone. So he's always chirping. He's always he's chirping. Always he's a, he's- He's always keeping the other team on their toes. Yeah. He's always chirping. He's chirping everybody. And well, that, think about that, the, that, how that tough is Bertuzzi going to be? How tough is Domi going to be? Like these guys are going to be able to act a certain way, you know. And and Jake McCabe's going to be able to throw body checks, and you're just going to be able to go out and play hockey, knowing that your your machine gun is on the bench. I think. Um, I think what one of the guys that you said it could be could be the 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 difference maker Klingberg when he was in Dallas was sick. Like we talked about Klingberg like every week, this kid had severe offensive talent. Now, whether his defense is any better, but then he kind of fell off the map a little bit. If Klingberg can find some of his, his uh, early, early talent, success and confidence, it's going to be a a great, a good addition to, to Toronto too. But I don't know. It's it's always the it's always everybody gives them all the benefit of the doubt before the season's over, and then they they do their best they can to fucking make us look stupid. Right? Well, give us 
let's talk quickly some east west predictions and then i want your final your stanley cup finals and then i want your your winner tell me any surprises in the eastern conference detroit's better pittsburgh's better ottawa's better the sabers have higher expectations there are some questionable teams that made the playoffs that could get bumped mm-hmm. out what are you looking at in the east i think new jersey's going to have another big year i think jersey's going to be great I think Rangers are going to be better. I think the Rangers underperformed. So I, I really like those two teams. I, I will tell you this. I think I think Pittsburgh's going to have a better year this year. I, I really like some of their pickups that they that they have. I think Sydney still has a, one last jolt and Malkin have one. I, I think they're going to be better this year. Um, but I think Jersey's I think Jersey's going to Jersey or Toronto is going to come out of the out of the uh, out of the East. That's, I mean, Boston's going to be gone. Um, Carolina's going to be really good. Let's don't, not forget Carolina. That's another really strong, strong hockey team. Um, but I just think Jersey has that. They, they just, there's something going on there that, that I think is they're going to be they're going to be fucking tough this year. Yeah, I think they have a now, great forward line. But I'll tell you right now, they lost two defensemen this year that were massive for their hockey team. One they traded away to Columbus in uh, Severson and the other one signed with the Pittsburgh Penguins. What's his uh, name? The big lefty who I absolutely love. They're going to miss those two guys in the biggest away. Now, yes, I know that they have uh, this Luke Hughes who's 20 years old and he's super dynamic and he's going to come in and, and garner some minutes, but that young man, has a, a much higher upside than the two guys that I just said, but those two guys at their at the course of their career were outstanding for New Jersey. Yeah. And they're gonna here's be my question. here's here's a very interesting question for you guys. We're not we haven't even really discussed the team that went to the Stanley Cup finals for a reason, Florida Panthers. What kind of identity are the Florida Panthers gonna have this year? Because when Matthew Kachuk went there. That whole mentality changed, and their playoff—the way they played in the playoffs—allowed them to get to the finals. But you can't play that system or that style of game that the Florida Panthers played in the playoffs all year. You're going to have massive injuries. I, I wonder what kind of identity the Florida Panthers are going to have in the of this first, this second year with Matthew Kachuk as kind of their ringleader. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Because because it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me and I'm not I'm not mad at the answer. Yeah. Listen, I mean, um this is not a disrespect to Florida. I I watched Florida for many many years because of obviously my cousin Mac Weger playing there. I I believe that they made the playoffs by one point, one. Now, take away all the bullshit that happened in the playoffs because once you get to the dance, anything that can anything can happen. And they danced with the prom queen, okay? They got to the, they got right to the end. Good for them. But this year's another season. It's a brand new season. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for me, looking at this team, season. You have season. you have Aaron Eckblad on long term IR. You have Brandon Montour on long term IR. 
You have, I have no idea what you're getting out of Sergey Borowski. Okay. And the overall team to me is average. Yes, they and, have and wishy, Matthew and, Kachuk and, and, and Barkov. Wishy, and wish and wishy-washy Barkov. Yes. Yes. He's a, he's I, a wishy-washy. He's a wishy-washy This team player. can this team without question. I know they went to the Stanley Cup. I get it. But so did the Montreal Canadiens. And then what happened to them? They missed well, the that, was the, that was the COVID bubble year. Somebody, right, somebody, so somebody so need Tavares in the head. Right, next so, thing you so know, that was a good. So that was a good. That was a, a great hit by Ribs. That was awesome. Um, some great points. So I, I gave you my. I gave you my East. I think. I think Toronto and Jersey are going to be Carolina. Those are going to be there. I think you got Edmonton. You have Colorado, and you have Vegas in the West. Those are those are going to be the powerhouses, and I'm going to blow you guys away. I think it's going. I'm I'm going to go on a limb and say it's going to be an Edmonton Toronto final. How about saying an Edmonton Toronto final, and we get a Canadian Stanley Cup winner for the first time in Do you thirty know last years. Year when I did our, when I did our playoff thirty brackets, years, that was the matchup that I thought would be a dream matchup for the entire hockey world. Canada Entire and US. World. It might be two Canadian teams, but because Austin Matthews is on that and Connor McDavid, every single per- hockey fan in the United States would tune in yep. to watch two Canadian. It teams would be. It would. It would be. It, it arguably would would be one of the highest rated Stanley Cup finals ever. I think so. I think that would be absolutely incredible, and it would be nice to see Canada back on the map like that. I mean, let's just be honest. It's been a long 100%. time. And, Thirty years. Yeah. It's 30 years. 1993. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Montreal they have Canadian, two the, they have the two best players in the world. The problem is and they and they've sure on their goaltending. I'm not sure on the depth the of their D and I'm not sure on the depth of their forward line. And there are the two questions happened last year and they proved us wrong, but I I worry about Edmonton's depth. There are two things I would like to see in my lifetime. Okay, when as it pertains to sports. I know I played for the Sabres, and I absolutely love the fan base here, and they are such an uh, amazing, loyal fan base. Mm -hmm. But the two things that I would love to see are the Bills win a Super Bowl, because I could not imagine what that parade would look like, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. These are two sports franchises that I could not fathom what the parade would look like. I think think if you you take their percentages-wise... I think they have the same percentage opportunity this year. I'm not saying just this year. I'm just saying ever. I'm not saying it no, has to happen. No, but I'm just same. saying. But the, if 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 they don't win now with the teams that they're building right now, it's going to take another 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And, Craig, you're just shaking your head because you just don't like Leafs or Leaf fans. But it's not Did even you, about. I don't like Leaf fans. I don't like Leaf fans <laughs> at all. And they missed the goddamn playoffs for seven years, and then all of a sudden they win one series, which they didn't deserve because Tampa Bay outplayed them by tenfold. But they still won them, and all of a sudden the flags are out, fucking stickers everywhere. I go home, people are wearing. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. Listen, I, if if Toronto Maple Leafs oh, you're starting to sound like fan base now, trust won, the if they won the Stanley Cup, it would be pretty. <laughs> all have to. to see. You can't just, deny that it wouldn't be unbelie- unbelievable to see. You it can't would be, deny it. it would be crazy because that it fan be base crazy. 
would absolutely explode to another <laughs> level that we have not seen in the NHL. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah. As much 100%. as I hate them, I have a little tiny bit of love for them because I grew up in Toronto land. Yeah. I grew up watching the Maple Leafs my entire life. And maybe that's why they irritate me so much. Like I have been in a cult of the Montreal Canadiens. I've been in a cult. My brother. I, has I've been always... groomed to hate Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> there is a point in time when the lease sucked so bad. They were awful. Remember the Austin Matthews and the Mitch yeah. Martin? Those era before that, they were so bad. You didn't yeah. see one flag sticker. Yeah. People didn't wear a shirt, a hat, nothing. The Toronto Maple Leaf fan base hides. And now they've been out. Now they've been out with Austin Matthews and Mitchie Marner. And they're all like, and then all of a sudden they go into this hibernation phase and they're hiding again because they made the play. They haven't made the playoffs. And, won a playoff series in how many years it's 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 insane yep they are awesome i love them i love them but i hate them love them but I hate it's them. so great to have you back for another season all right boys. you know it's going to be amazing it's going to be amazing when actually pd picks up his uh end of the bargain and then we're really going to have a show <laughs> well i learned, hey, listen, speaking, I learned of, speaking of shows speaking of shows catch me catch me Every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, nofilter.net. Snipes and stripes, baby. Snipes and stripes. And you know what? We will uh, brace ourselves for an invite. Oh, you're coming. You're oh, coming. We'd love to, I'd love to be, be there. Oh, we're gonna, we're, it's going to be a four box, baby. Boom, boom. No, no. I get enough of Craig. Haven't you seen this? And Craig, let me just it's tell you four one box, thing. Four box, man. We got, no, it's a four box, baby. We don't go, we, we don't go separate. One thing I learned, Craig, in broadcasting is we go. the host here we go. lets the guest talk. So I guess maybe I have done my job for the day. Are there any hosts on this show? Love you guys. <laughs>